Now it's time for some New York Mets baseball talk. Here's Gary Mack bringing you the latest news and analysis from Mets Nation and the world of baseball on another edition of Mets Musings. And hello and welcome to another edition of Mets Musings. I'm a little under the weather, so you can hear my voice cracking, but we're here and uh, somewhere. Let me get this up here. Yes, there I am. Hello, everyone. And welcome to uh, episode 303 of Mets Musings. The hunt for the manager continues. It's not Red October, but it is the hunt for the new Mets manager. As uh, uh, we look into uh, baseball in depth. And here's, here's the, according to Publish Reports, all the latest information. Uh, Alex Cora is considered the front runner to manage the Red Sox. The Mets interviewed Cora on Tuesday, and uh, they didn't offer him a job. That was a preliminary interview, probably. The Mets may still be interested in interviewing Sandy Alomar Jr. So uh, that's another possibility. The Tigers will hire Ron Gardenhire to be their next manager. Uh, Joe McEwing, who also interviewed with the Tigers, interviewed on Wednesday with the Mets. And Manny Acta interviewed on Tuesday with the Mets. And they say he could be a front runner. Mickey Calloway met the Mets on Wednesday. And Kevin Long interviewed last week. week. Uh, Brad Ausmus interviewed with Boston, but declined to talk with the Mets, as did Robin Ventura. Bob Guerin and Chip Hale are said not to be considered. So uh, there's a little uh, surprise there. We thought that Chip Hale and Bob Guerin would be front runners for this job, but it, uh, according to all reports, they are not even being considered. So uh, one report has uh, Manny Acta as a front runner, one has Kevin Long as a front runner, and one has Sandy Alomar Jr. could jump in if he's interested into the race as well. Uh, but uh, Kevin Long could be an interesting choice. It would provide continuity on a team as he's been here as the hitting coach. So no change there. Um, let's see. And being that he's a, would be a first-time manager, he probably does not have any true loyalties to any other coaches, uh, especially a pitching coach, so the free, the front office would be free to choose whoever they wished for that position. Um, and he may be willing to listen to the front office to accept some assistance from the front office. Now, you know, what happens with that is, is if uh, their ideas and their assistance isn't exactly paying off, for the Mets, uh, and they're losing, he could uh, become a maverick and go his own way thinking, uh, you know, what's going on here? I'm, I, I'm listening to them, but uh, they're not getting the job done, so I've got to save my own skin and uh, do my own thing, you might say. So that is the latest information as far as we know up to the minute. With the whole MLB uh, managerial stuff. Again, Garden Hire said to be going to the Tigers. Cora 
considered the front runner for the Red Sox. Osmus Ventura not um, interested in the Mets job. Guerin and Hale not being considered. Alamar Jr., uh, Mets are interested in interviewing him. McEwing, actor, Callaway, Long, all have been interviewed, uh, at least a preliminary interview, so we'll go from there. Uh, Michael Conforto's agent, Scott Boris, recently spoke with Kevin Kernan of the New York Post, said the outfield is making excellent progress from shoulder surgery. Conforto went down on August 24th with a dislocated shoulder and torn posterior capsule in his shoulder after swing, which effectively ended his season. The first-time All-Star launched 27 homers and drove in 68 runs while hitting 279 in 109 games. He elected to have the surgery on September 2nd and spoke to reporters at City Field late in September when he said he can't commit to being ready for opening day. Uh, Conforto said the general outline is six months. That's what both doctors said. He went for a second opinion. When I see the doctor in a couple of weeks, we see where I am at and where my range of motion is. Um, six months probably means, uh, it, you know, no activity. And then he can begin activity, much less playing every day. So he doesn't want to put a timeline on it yet. And I don't blame him for that. That's, that's a good practice. Uh, you know, it could be more or less time than, than he would project. So it's better to stay within that timeline. Let's see how he's doing. Um, we could be looking for him, though, uh, November, December, January, February, more. We could be looking for him sometime in May. It might be uh, a, a good time, you know. Don't rush back. Let's let's not rush back. Let's let's try to get this thing healed up so it doesn't happen again. Uh, he will enter the 2018 season. Conforto, 25 years old. And he was recently ranked by the Sporting News with teammate Noah Syndergaard as two of the top 50 best young players in baseball right now. So what a shame. That was a very, uh, it was a terrible day when that accident, when he uh, swung and missed and popped that thing. That was just awful. It was, it was literally, uh, that was painful to watch, my friends. It really was. If you saw it, you'll know what I mean. Uh, but let's hope that, uh, you know, Michael can get healthy and get well and get back out on the field there and resume his career. Um, that's what we're all hoping for, and uh, we're hoping for health and prosperity for everybody else on this team because, boy, they, they, use, they need it. <laughs> they need it badly. All right, legendary Mets pitcher and Hall of Famer Tom Seaver's home and vineyards are fine after being threatened by the California wildfires. Seaver was forced to flee his home in Calistoga, California last Wednesday due to wildfires. We literally, we literally ran like hell, Seaver told the Daily News on Monday. While leaving his home, Seaver took many irreplaceable possessions, including some of his most treasured baseballs including the one from his 3,000 strikeout. He did not take any of his Cy Young awards. 
He was. He said, I was worried more about my dogs. My animals are a very big part of my life, and they're in a safe haven. I put them in a place that was safe. The dogs went first before any Cy Young Awards. They can all be remade to Cy Young Awards. <laughs> so uh, good for him, worrying about his dogs, getting his dogs safe. And uh, Cy Young Awards, they'll give you new ones. Seaver lives next to his vineyards, where he has been making wine since 2005. He's been staying at a hotel in Northern California. Uh, and those vineyards have gotten good reviews for his um, his wine. So he's had some some uh, good luck with that. So uh, uh, that's good news that everything is fine. And uh, now we just have to get him a, a statue here at City Field. Come on, Will Pons, it's time. We want a statue. We want a statue of Tom Seaver. We want a statue of Mrs. Joan Payson. My good friend Michael Colint of Rising Apple is on a uh, crusade to get a statue of Joan Payson. For those of you who don't know, she was the first owner of the Mets and the one that brought uh, New York base- National League Baseball back. She was a partial owner of the New York Giants, did not uh, maintain her ownership when they moved to San Francisco, and uh, fought to bring back a New York team, and finally they did, and they brought it back as the New York Mets, and and Mrs. Payson was at practically every game until she died and got sick, actually, and would sit next to the dugout. And was really involved. You'd see her there all the time. Uh, either on TV or if you went to the game, there was Mrs. Payson. We would look for her to make sure that she was there. In all kinds of weather, she was there. A great, great fan and uh, a great fan of the game and a great woman. And uh, let's get some kind of statue for uh, Joan Payson. That's what we need outside City Field and Tom Seaver and Gil Hodges and uh, Casey. Let's get one for Casey, too, because uh, Casey really uh, was the the first uh, publicity director uh, for the Mets. I know they had somebody officially in charge, but it was really uh, Casey that that, that put this team on the map. So uh, let's hear it for him and get him a statue, too. All right, let's take a break, and we will come back with my special guest. got a great guest. Uh, last night, I got to speak to Peter Alonzo, the second-round draft pick of the 2016 draft uh, for the New York Mets, and he's uh, an up-and-coming uh, um, uh, uh, protege at first base, and uh He's a big home run hitter, and he's had a couple of good years in the minors. He came from the University of Florida, and he's going to tell us about his career there, uh, playing with Tim Tebow at St. Lucie and uh, all kinds of other stuff. So uh, stay where you are, and uh, I'll be right back with that. Looking for great Cardinals talk? Then check out Conversations with C70. My name is Daniel Shoftaw, and I talk with some of the great bloggers on the Internet today about their teams. But it always goes back to the Cardinals. Find the latest episode on my website, www.cardinal70.com or at baseballpodcast.net. Did you know that Baseball PhD can be heard on BaseballTalkRadio.com? Our shows rotate with other top baseball podcasts. Now don't forget, that's BaseballTalkRadio.com. 
With us, we'll help you get a Ph.D. in life through baseball. With BaseballTalkRadio.com, you'll hear the rest of the excellent universe of baseball podcasts. 516-619-6341. That is the comment voicemail hotline if you'd like to be a part of the show and drop us a line leave us a comment or a voicemail question anything at all call that number 516-619-6341 or go to metsmusings.com and click on that widget in the middle of the screen and that's a speak pipe and you can leave a voicemail right through your computer through your computer's microphone or if you prefer to do things the old-fashioned way, send us an email at metsmusings at gmail.com. The Facebook page is facebook.com slash groups slash metsmusings. And the Twitter handle is at metsmusings1. With all the Mets news, it is the news from around the world and around the corner. Here's Gary Mack. I'm joined tonight by the Mets second round draft pick in the 2016 draft, Peter Alonzo. And Peter, welcome to Mets Musings. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Well, it's great to have you on. And uh, Peter, you had quite a whirlwind two years. You uh, literally stepped off the campus of the University of Florida and right into uh, professional uh, baseball with the Brooklyn Cyclones, spent the time there and uh, had an interesting second season. Uh, tell us a little about your experience so far. Well, um, I mean, professional baseball is, is a dream job for me. It's something I've always wanted to do. Um, growing up as a kid, like, I mean, um, my mom, she, uh, she's just, you can ask her, like, my first word was ball. Uh, <laughs> like, it's the first word that came out of my mouth. I mean, I just, it's like growing up as a kid, I, I didn't want to be a businessman. I didn't want to be a doctor. I just wanted to be a baseball player. So right now I'm just living, I'm living the dream right now. And, and, and I, I'm working hard every day to, to, um, get another part, uh, complete another part of my dream, which is to make it to the big leagues, uh, getting drafted and, and playing professional baseball is, is a huge part of, the journey to that. So I'm, I'm not done, um, obviously, and I'm just going to uh, keep working and just be the best player I can possibly be in, in all aspects. Now, you're a Florida kid, uh, born and raised, and uh, went to the University uh-huh. of Florida. And uh, who did you root for as, as a kid? As a kid? Oh, Jesus. Um, I rooted for um, – both my parents are from Lancaster, Ohio, um, so, I mean, I rooted for the, uh, the Buckeyes growing up as a kid. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I mean, I was kind of brainwashed cause I have like all my fam, <laughs> both my grandparents are from, uh, Lancaster. My parents are high school sweethearts and that's, that's Scarlet and gray up, up there. <laughs> and, and what was your favorite baseball team as a kid? Um, I mean, growing up as a Tampa kid, like I always went to the Rays games, mm-hmm. um, I wasn't necessarily – I didn't have uh, a favorite team, but I went to a lot of Yankees spring training games because it's conveniently like uh, 15 minutes away uh, from my house, and then the Trop is 30 minutes away. So I got to see um, I got to see some great baseball uh, growing up. Um, I remember like watching the 08 uh, World Series one from the Rays. Like that was great baseball. And then 
obviously seeing uh, the uh, great players such as uh, the Yankees, uh, like back when the Yankees were had all the all the dudes like Bernie Williams, like Andy Pettit, Derek Jeter, A Rod, um, Mo. Like just, I mean, it's, I mean, it was just Tampa's just such a great baseball town where there's like a, a lot of uh, like very high quality players and uh, like just in the area where you can go see a big league game. So I was just, I, I just wanted to immerse myself in the game because I just loved it. So you, you uh, played in high school, you go to college, you get mm-hmm. drafted, you go to Brooklyn. Um, take us a little bit about that draft pick that night. How was it? Uh, were you on the edge of your seat when waiting for your yeah. name to be called? Uh, all your buddies kidding you. How did that work out? Well, uh, there was a there was a draft party going on in Gainesville, um, like because we had a we had a couple guys uh, that were supposed to get drafted on the like on the first day, like AJ Puck, Buddy Reed, Logan Shore, like um, like just high quality guys, high quality athletes. Um, and then for me, I, I didn't know if I was going to go on the first day or not. I was, it, it was just kind of like up in the air. And, um, and then, so I decided to, uh, to go home and, and there was, there was a really good chance, um, with the Mets being on the scout, um, John Seager, John, no, not John Cedarberg, John Updike, excuse me, uh, John Updike. He, 